the JT the Brick Show. Filling in for JT today is ESPN's Jason Fitz. Put a little respect on that magic carpet name. And Raiders.com, Eddie Pascal. If a magic carpet showed up at my front door, I would have a lot of questions. I can open your eyes. Take you wonder by wonder over sideways. If I had to bet on the way a Raiders radio show would start, Aladdin would have never been at the top of my list, but I couldn't be any happier if it did. That is the epic open to what is about to be two hours of crazy chaos. He's Eddie Pascal. I'm Jason Fitz. You can check us out on the fifth quarter, but right now we're taking over JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio. You guys can chime in 702-365-9200. You can also text the show RNR69187. Eddie, you've had 24 hours to think about magic carpets. Let me be clear to the whole world. I didn't get the rug carpet portion of this Nor until after the show you text us and i was like oh never never occurred to me so real quick before we get before we get rocking fits so i was up in arms yesterday right because my name wasn't included in the open just a slight right. against me you know i'm trying to uh-huh. be trying to be nice guy eddie here and damon and i are, I are i like to think that we're friends we have a great working relationship and i'm like damon how could you do this to me so now we come back day two and Damon has put my name in the open. But I feel as though he's kind of taking a shot at me, though. Maybe a, maybe a little bit. Like, how come I don't get the, the voice of God, huh? Come on, Damon. What's well, going on here, brother? Because I, ha- I was like, hey, Clay, how's your voice? Clay said it's good. All right, Clay, here's what I need. I mean, Clay Clay's better than show. the voice of God, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Clay, yeah. what? No, look at you. Eddie Pascal has gone full diva. Full and now diva. he doesn't have the appropriate voice given. Yes. You know what? Anybody that calls the show today, 702-365-9200, when you call, when we bring you on, don't ask us how we're doing. We're doing great. Don't talk to us about how your day's going. I want you to start by giving me the best Eddie Pascal that you possibly can. <laughs> like, give me the best Eddie that you've got in your throat. We'll take one of them, and tomorrow we'll play it back, Eddie. There you go. I love that. Also, but speaking of the Henry Ruggs thing, because we, we talked about the magic carpet thing yesterday, right? And I think all three of us collectively were a little... A little confused. I think we could all agree that the effort was fantastic. Look, I'm never going to tell anyone to harness your creativity, to not put it out there. But we had some questions. So I returned to the studio after the show yesterday, and I'm talking to, uh, to some of our colleagues. And, and our, man, uh, our man, Jans, one of our production assistants, goes, hey, well, it's a, it's a playoff of, of, rug, of rugs. And I just, the light bulb went off, and I texted you two, and I was like, dude, completely missed it. 100% just a swing and a miss. But still, to this point, though, Fitz, if you have to do that much thinking and that much explaining for a nickname, probably not the nickname for you. Okay, but I did do a phone this morning with our great sister station in ESPN uh, in Vegas, and uh, they made it feel a little bit like maybe it wasn't on the nickname, maybe it was on us. Like I, 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 I got, disagree. I got the inference that maybe we Re- weren't the brightest, uh, the sharpest knives in the drawer. Re- maybe. Respectfully. Maybe, maybe. Respectfully. With all due respect, Fitz. I disagree because I'd with like to think. With all due respect, is the West Coast version, by the way, of bless your heart. Like yeah, hundred the percent. They 100%. say bless your heart, and they're like, with all due respect, means we're about to cut somebody off at the knees. Go ahead, Eddie. But listen, we're we're three gentlemen that I think are are pretty with it mentally. I think that we're pretty locked in. I think that we're pretty connected. I think that we got good heads on our shoulders. And if the three of us sitting in this virtual bar that we're hanging out in right now, if the three of us could not figure it out, it it's not on us. It's not. It just simply is not. It's the nickname. You've said virtual bar, and all I can think about now is if we ever did this show live together in a bar, it would be a delight for our number oh. one, but our number two would get us all fired. He's Eddie Pascal. I'm Jason Fitz. We are sitting in for JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio. A lot to get into as the Raiders are sitting at 5-2, and two and everybody feels really good about it. So, 
Eddie, I thought, you know, if you didn't mind, I thought we could combine a few different worlds and do something really fun and unique today because I'm lucky to get to cover college football a lot for ESPN. By the way, shameless plug, you can check out all of my digital work on uh, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. Uh, I'm all over the place. If you just follow ESPN on social, you'll see our shows. They're all over the place, and we do tons of college football work. Fish, so just, I say thought, every, just say every day. I mean, you're just listening off days. Just say, just say every day. Well, that, that's fair. I have digital shows on starting this week on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, two shows Saturday, on top of radio five days a week. So it's a, it's a good time. But a lot of that is college football-based. And this week, we're going to see for the first time, the College Football Playoff Committee will release their rankings on Tuesday. You can check out Rankings Reaction on ESPN Digitally at 8 p.m. I'm on that show. So I thought we could bring a little of that College Football Playoff Committee mindset to the Raiders. See, hear me out. The college football playoff committee concept requires 13 people sit in a room and they debate over who the four best teams are. And I always say this, it's the four best of the four most deserving. So it's not always about being undefeated or being a conference champion. It's about the totality of the work. Who have you beaten? Who have you lost to? What do you look like in the eye test? How do they think that you would fare? What's your strength of schedule like? All of these things are factored. And I've sat through the committee process down in Dallas. I've actually done the mock committee on a prior year and I've debated these things. So I thought we could bring it to the AFC. Because here's my question. If we had to today, as a playoff committee, decide who the top four teams are in the AFC, remember, it's not just your win-loss record. It's also who everybody thinks you are in the field. Who are those top four? It's an interesting debate because, uh, first and foremost, do we all believe that the Cincinnati Bengals, who right now would sit as the top seed in the AFC, are really the top seed in the AFC? Like, if you had to bet your house and the entire Eddie uh, Mogul you know, library of, of wealth, mm. if you had to bet that on the Bengals today over the Bills, you taking that? So it's not an easy debate, but it has me thinking about top four. And I'm with you, Fitz. And I think you bring up a great point where, also, let's just rewind 30 seconds. How incredible is it that college football, this billion-dollar industry, right, that provides all of us with laughs and tears and everything in between, the way they essentially figure out the top four is that 13 people sit in a room and like we have nothing better than that? Like, I'm pretty sure me and my buddies have done this, like, once every six weeks all throughout college. Uh, by the way, that if you ever needed an indication that there's one Pac-12 fan in the room, you have just <laughs> gotten it right there. It takes two seconds for a Pac-12 fan to tell us that the process is broken. Give me a look. Put a little respect on the name of the Conference of Champions, Fitz. Please, please do. I mean, I mean, you, you, we could have a whole Pac-12 and what's wrong with the Pac-12 conversation whenever you're ready. Nothing uh, but, is wrong you know, with it, Fitz. Uh, Nothing. Sure, it's perfect. Sure, 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 sure. It's beautiful. Uh, it, you know, the Mountain it's West majestic. with a bigger budget. What'd yeah, you say, I Damon? Mean, the Mountain West with a bigger oh, budget. Oh, how dare you? How dare yeah. you, Damon? Now, that being said, as the lifelong Vegas guy, uh, the minute UNLV goes to the Pac-12, I am with you 100%. I will start marching the drum. I'll start saying, this is injustice! But in the meantime, I think Damon's kind of right. Like, you know, Mountain West, Pac-12, not sure there's a huge... I'm stirring so much right now. Eddie's, you can Eddie's see me. You, me you, Fitz glare. sees me on the other end of the camera here, and I'm just, I'm just shaking my head. I'm fuming. Because, Fitz, one thing that gets me going, there's a lot of... I wouldn't say there's a lot of things that upset me on a day-to-day basis. But one thing that I cannot stand, I will not stand, and I, was, I have to put my foot down, is disrespect to the Conference of Champions. I am our yeah, resident... I didn't disrespect the SEC. Oh, my... Oh, <laughs> oh Fitz, you are, you are lucky that we're separated by about 2,000 miles. You're very lucky. You're lucky that I can't get up, I can't leave this beautiful studio here at the Intermountain, uh, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and come on over and give you a piece of my mind. I feel like I'm demanding one of my wrestling promos right now. I've got my wrestling voice going on. The cadence is coming in. I'm upset. I'm angry. Don't you dare, Jason Fitz. Don't you dare disrespect the Conference of Champions because you have no idea what the Conference of Champions will do to you.
I never, I will never forget the first time I ever rolled up to cover SEC media days, and the hotel was actually physically wrapped in a banner, kind of like the Luxor, right by everything. It was wrapped in a banner that said SEC football. It just means more. I vomited a little bit in my mouth, and then I went in and did my job. Okay, so now that I've stirred the pot, uh, this is why we want to get you guys engaged in it because I love the debate that happens for college football fans, but I don't think it's a simple process to figure out who the top four teams are. You guys can chime in. I want your well-thought-out top four, 702-365-9200. You can also text us, RNR69187. Don't just tell me who the top four teams in the AFC are. Tell me why, because if, if right now, if I had to make my own, if I was walking in, and Damon, you're going to be part of this too. Like the three of us are three-man committee. We're going to let the listeners be the fourth person in our committee, okay? So three of us and four. If I'm walking in the committee, the first thing I'm telling you right now is that today, the number one team in the AFC is the Tennessee Titans. Concur. And like, I mean, that there, there's a spot for me. And now here's where it gets difficult. They have the worst loss of anybody we're talking about. Getting your butt kicked by the Jets would get you kicked out of the entire playoff process in the college football committee. Like one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not get blown out. They got beat by the Jets, right? And if you look at that, that's a reason to throw them away. But they have the two best wins. You beat the Bills and the Chiefs back-to-back with a running back that is doing Hall of Fame things right now at an MVP level today? Man, hard for me to see any team other than the Titans as number one in the AFC. It, it, thoughts, Eddie? Am I, am I, I losing my mind? No, I, I, think you're, I think you're very sane right now. I think you're spitting truth, Fitz. And the thing that I, when I think about the Titans, and the thing, and it's very similar to the, uh, what we're talking about in college football, where they don't win sexy, right? Like, hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, let him casually go for eight or nine yards every time he touches the ball. It, it isn't the most uh, pleasing to watch version of football, but it doesn't matter because they win. They win, they win, they win. And to your point, Derrick Henry having another incredible campaign down in your neck of the woods. And when you look at the way that they're built, right, it's kind of that old school mentality of building up a football team. They make no secrets about it. They want to run the football. They want to control the line of scrimmage. And they're going to do just enough. They're going to, they're going to make sure that they can do enough. They can control the clock. That when it's really time for them to score, that that is exactly what they're going to do. And look, they are helped out immensely by the fact that Derrick, Derrick Henry is otherworldly. Derrick Henry is not from the same planet that the three of us are from. And, and so I agree with you, though. And another thing to keep in mind is that it feels like they are built for the postseason. It feels like they are a team that is built to succeed when the weather gets cold and they have to play in less than ideal conditions. Because, look, if you're, for lack of a better term, if you're Pat Mahomes, if you're, I guess, Josh Allen to a lesser extent, but if you're someone like that who relies on timing and athleticism and being able to run around and do all this incredible stuff – it's a little bit harder when it's raining and snowing and the weather isn't great. You know, it isn't. It, what doesn't change, though, is handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. You can do that in rain, sleet, snow, or anything in between. So I agree with you. I think as we stand here right now on October 27th, they are the best team in the AFC. They, in my opinion, just like yours, are the team to beat in this conference. The funny thing is they've had uh, so many injuries on the offensive line, uh, something that we understand as a fan base, right? Hasn't held them back from having success. And the two franchises have mirrored themselves so many times where I feel like the Titans and the Raiders have been in similar stages. The Titans last year are coming off, in, in franchise history, the worst defense they've ever had. And now they've rebuilt that defense to be at least mediocre. I think the Raiders' defense today is better than the Titans' defense. I just think the matchup of trying to tackle Derrick Henry, there was a moment at the end of the, the uh, Bills game where you saw a Bills defender run up, and he had the one-on-one with him, 
and he just sort of shied his body and laid down. Like, he did what we usually see wide receivers do when they realize they're about to get thwacked over the middle. Like, that was the defender coming up to make the tackle, and he just sort of laid down and said, nah, I'm good. Now, the Titans do have some close games. Again, like I said, uh, it's a close win over the Bills. They did uh, The Jets game turned out to be close, but it wasn't close throughout. Close win over the Titans, you know, so uh, or sorry, over the Seahawks. So you can look at it and say they've survived some close games. But I think that makes them, at this point, the number one seed. The question now is, who's number two? Because I genuinely have believed in Buffalo so much over the course of this season. But Buffalo themselves, the Bills at times, have looked a little up and down. And Josh Allen is getting all sorts of love, rightfully so. But I'm not sure that I feel as confident about the Bills simply from the eye test and what we expected from them. I don't feel as confident about them today as I thought I would coming into today. So I'll be a little interested to see because the Bills obviously just coming off their bye week. They have a, a just an absolute beatdown of the Chiefs on their resume. They killed the Texans. Who cares? They killed the Washington football team. Like, they really haven't been that tested throughout of it. But the, they do have a loss to the Steelers, and they have a loss to the Titans. And here's the thing, Fitz, and I think that I would slot the Bills in at that in that number two position. I think like we talked about for all, all the reasons we just rattled off, I think the Titans are kind of the toast of the conference right now. But in my heart of hearts, I really believe that when it gets down to AFC championship time, playoff time, whenever it is, I think that the Bills on their best day are better than the Titans on their best day. Now... It, do you essentially get the best version of your team on, on any given Sunday? No, not really. I mean, it's kind of, you know, you hope you get that, but that's no guarantee. But I still believe in Josh Allen. I think that this Bills team is a very, very good football team. Yes, they have not had the perfect start to 2021, but who has? So I think that when you look at this team, I think for me, and I'm sure we'll get into this over the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the afternoon, but I think that when I look at the AFC, I see I put the Bills and I put the Titans in kind of that upper echelon. I put them as just perhaps right now a tick above everyone else. And whether and we'll debate who's one, who's two, all that good stuff. But I think the Bills are still a, a very formidable football team. I think Josh Allen is an incredible quarterback. I think he's a quarterback that's going to get better and better and better. And we'll have to see what happens when the playoffs roll around. Look, I said they feasted on some bad teams. But any time no, no you doubt are about sitting- that. Right, but anytime you're sitting, they're four and two right now. Again, they've had their bye. Anytime you're sitting at four and two with 203 points for and 98 points against, I mean, what the Bills are doing so far to me has looked pretty good. Demond, so far we've got the Bills at two. Uh, obviously, do you feel good about where we are so far? Titans one, Bills two. I feel good about Titans one. But I don't know about Bills, too. I don't know what it is about Buffalo. You throw out that points, the points for, the points against, even though they have had a bye week. I just don't know what it is that I just do not believe in the Bills. Okay, so who would you put it to, then, if you don't believe in the Bills at two? Cincinnati. I know it's a little surprising, oh, but Cincinnati. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, oh if, if you could only see us right now, uh, you know, peek behind the curtain. We're on a, a FaceTime together during the show. Uh, you you would have just seen Eddie and I both cower away from our microphones with shock and awe. Like, are we putting the Bengals at number two, Eddie? No. The short answer is, is no. It's a very short answer, Fitz, no. And look, nothing but love and respect to Joe Burrow and for everything he's come back from the past year and a year and a half, whatever it is. They're a good football team. I think they are a good football team. Do I think that they're the second best team in this conference? No, I do not. Uh, that said, I am very intrigued to see what shakes out when they come to Allegiant Stadium in just a few weeks and see how that game plays out. Because Fitz, when, we, when the schedule came out, I'll be honest. You know, you go through the games of, oh, this is, you know, let's highlight this one. Let's circle this one. Oh, I got to make sure that I got buddies in town to use these tickets. I didn't put much thought 
into the Bengals Raiders game in uh, in mid November. I just didn't. But now, and that's the beauty of this league, right? You, they make us look silly every single year. And now you sh- uh, you fast forward to whatever week seven, week eight, and you're like, that is going to be a really really good football game. So let's look at what the Bengals have done this year. They lost to the Bears. Somehow the Bears have a win over both the Bengals and the Raiders. So that I, I and those I are their only two, right? Right. Uh, in the meantime, then they beat a bad Steelers team. We have that in common with them. Uh, they eked out a win over a bad Jags team. Then this is one of those weird college football terms. They get a quality loss. And what I mean by that is the committee in college football looks at certain losses and says, man, how did you play against a really good team? Well, they lost in overtime to the Packers in a game we all remember had like 752 missed field goals. Don't Google it. That's a fact. So, you know, I'm looking at that saying that's what the committee would usually call a quality loss. They beat the, the Lions. Who cares? And then they thump the Ravens in Baltimore. So there's a lot of similarity in their wins and losses in some ways to where the Raiders are. I just don't know when you actually look at their wins and losses and who they played. Who you play matters. I don't know that I love where they are as a team. Now, what's funny is they'll get the Browns in a couple weeks, then they get the bye week before they take on the Raiders. That's a big advantage to get your bye week, that extra week of planning, that extra week to sort of plan it out, figure out what you got. They've got some tough games down the stretch. I'm I'm sort of, I am with the Bengals where a lot of the national media is with the Raiders. I'm in a little bit of a let's wait and see sort of moment. You know, like I, I'm I'm sort of there, but I'm sort of not there, right? So that 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 to me is why I can't put the Bengals certainly ahead of the Bills right now, although I think DeMond does raise some questions about the Bills. But I'm, I, I think I'd feel more comfortable with the Bengals at three or four than I would at two. Do you agree? I do. I do 100%. And, and, and look, for all the reasons that you laid out, I think that when you look at where the Bengals are right now, are they an exciting, young, dynamic football team? Absolutely they are. To your point, do they have a quality loss against a really, really good Packers team? They sure do. They have shown that they can hang with the big dogs. But I think, I don't want to say unfortunate for them, but I think the reality of their situation is we, they are seven games in, much like the Raiders. Seven games in, sitting at 5-2, and two, and I need to see a little bit more from them. Because let's be honest. Historically speaking, the Bengals have not given us any reason to believe that they are going to just keep riding this train all the way into the postseason. Uh, yes, the Andy Dalton era had its, had its ups and you know fair share of, of quality moments, but let's be honest, the Bengals haven't done anything, in, in my humble opinion, to warrant saying, hey, we're not even halfway through the season. This is the number one or number two team in the AFC. Now, that said, I think they're a good football team. Like, I don't want anyone to come at me, oh, you don't think the Bengals are good. No, 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 no. You don't get to 5-2 and two on accident. You just don't. They are a good football team. They have a lot left to prove. And to your point, Fitz, I think we find ourselves, uh, or excuse me, I think they find themselves in a similar situation where the Raiders are right now as well. Okay, so, Damon, I'm going to go back to your Bengals pick here, and I'm going to ask you a question. Neutral field. Neutral field. You got to bet every one of Eddie's dollars. Like, all of Eddie's money is going to it's my money. It's not Damon's money. No, that makes it worse because you lose your own money. You got to figure it out. You lose Eddie's money. You got to sit across from Eddie every day and uh, and explain why you lost Eddie's money, right? So you've got all of Eddie's money on the line. Neutral field, just a random game between the Bengals and the Chargers. Who you got? I think I'm gonna take the Bengals. He's hey. a believer, y'all. He I, is a he believer. Is. The same way that like the the conference football committee, how they'll do it. Hey. The Cincinnati Bengals spanked the Ravens. The Ravens spanked the Chargers. So, ipso facto. I like that you used ipso facto, by the way. The Bengals would beat the Chargers. 
Do any of us really know what ipso facto means, by the way, Eddie? Like, oh, are we no good way. on that? Like, is that, is okay. that Latin? It's got to be Latin, yeah, right? We're going to go with that. It, it, you know what? We're going we're gonna to just say it is, and we're going to say it confidently. Uh, here's the one thing the, the committee does do, though. The committee asks themselves this important question all the time. If, insert team name, had played, insert team name, schedule, would they still have the same record? So if Cincinnati, for example, had played, you know, University of Cincinnati, I should say, in the college football level, had played Alabama's schedule, would they be undefeated? That's a question they ask. I just want you to realize at this point, because I don't think a lot of people have looked at the Chargers schedule. They beat Washington. Who cares? We'll throw that out. They barely lose to the Cowboys, a team we all agree is very good. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Browns. Then they lost to the Ravens. Yeah, they got thumped by the Ravens. But I'm not sure there's a better stretch than beating the Chiefs, the Char- the, the Raiders, and the Browns, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And by the way, because I did Google it as you were talking, Fitz, uh, ipso facto is Latin, the Latin term meaning, quote, by the fact itself. That is the direct translation of ipso facto, by the way. Feel pretty smart for throwing that out. I mean, Damon, you're going to work that into a wrestling promo somewhere? Like, I'll give you a dollar American cash, which is a lot for me. I'm cheap. If you can work ipso facto into a wrestling promo in a way that actually feels natural, like if it feels like really on point, ipso facto. You got that? Yeah, if so, it could be a triple threat match. So ipso facto, it doesn't matter because the fact still remains. Boom. Ipso facto would actually not be a bad wrestling name. You know, the fact that he did that so naturally and so quickly. He's a pro. Okay, so we, here's what we've decided. We've, uh, we've overridden DeMond so far, and we've got the Titans and Bills at 1 and 2. We're still debating where the Bengals and Chargers are, which means also you haven't heard where we're putting the Las Vegas Raiders. We want to hear where you'd put the Raiders if we were doing a top four in the AFC college football style. You can chime in 702-365-9200. You can also text us RNR69187. We'll keep the debate going and tell you what the Raiders need to do right up these rankings as we continue filling in for JT the Brick. He's Eddie Pascal. I'm Jason Fitz. I don't know. I, I think Eddie's right. After a second listen, like, you know, maybe we need a little bit more more oomph to Eddie. Maybe we'll get tomorrow, we'll get voice of God, but we'll, we'll ask him to say your last name wrong. He's Eddie Pascal. I'm Jason Fitz. We're the fifth quarter in for JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio. You guys can give us your top four in the AFC 702 365 9200. Don't just tell me who, tell me why. That's part of it. And you can also text us RNR 69187. Devon, you said we got somebody that texts us their thoughts. What you got, bud? They didn't leave a name, but I love this pair. Can we make these guys regulars? Well, uh, you know what? No name. Mm. Uh, I, I love working with Eddie and Damon. You know, he's not that bad. So uh, I, I think Eddie and I always love the opportunity to work together. It's fun to hang out. And look, I, I was talking telling one of our guys in the studio yesterday where really, if you ask me, Eddie, what do you want to do? Like if, if I could give you, what's your thesis for what you want to do? I just want to make stuff, fun stuff with my friends. That's all I want to do. I want to hang out and make fun stuff with my friends. And Fitz, you and I have been lucky enough over the past, gosh, two, two and a half years, however long it's been, too long, we'll say, put it that way, to be able to hang out and make fun stuff. So anytime that you and I get a chance to do this, and we got Damon in the mix this week, which is fantastic, that's all I want to do. I'm very happy. Life is good. The Raiders are 5-2. and two. Vegas is beautiful. Damon can vouch for that at this time of the year. So I have very, very few complaints. Uh, look, and, and I will tell everybody this, Eddie and I are texting buddies year round. So it doesn't really matter when things are happening, what's going on. 
We're buddies, and I think that translates when we get to work together. I also think we just both answered that like two men that are very afraid of commitment. We were just like, you know what? We're good right now. We're having a good time. We're just dating. All right, don't put any pressure. Like, not trying to put a ring. Like, hey, will your friends stop talking? You need new friends. That's what we just did there. But we do, uh, we do love working together as we are breaking down the top four. And uh, I think, Damon, we have a phone call because he just gave me the universal signal of, like, the phone up to the ear. So what do we got? Chris in Vegas. Chris in Vegas, what's your top four? Thanks for calling the show. All right, my top four. And let me run through them first, and I'll explain why. Buffalo, Tennessee, Cincinnati, the Raiders. The reason I put Buffalo first is because they had two shutouts. Their defense is lights out. Had they not lost that game to Tennessee, y'all wouldn't be saying, no, they don't deserve to be up in there. So that came down to a fourth and goal and a foot slip. Second, Tennessee, Derrick Henry is just a beast. They can't really stop him. And their receivers are coming along, too. Cincinnati, because now that Joe Burrow has a target that he's familiar with and that he's worked with before, you see what the kid did on Sunday, he's only going to get better and better. And then the Raiders, because after Gruden left, team galvanized and they started opening up the playbook and stopped trying to play that style of football that Gruden had them, I guess, mired in. And they're only going to get better. I don't think there's any other team in the AFC better than those four teams right there. All right, so stick with me for one second. I got a follow-up question for you because I don't think you're wrong when it comes to Buffalo, Tennessee, although I do think head-to-head matters. So no matter how they won, I think there's some effort there. But if we're going to talk about head-to-head in general, do you not give credence to the Chargers having a head-to-head win over the Raiders? No. Fair enough. The reason I don't don't (laughs) is because during that time, that's when that whole Gruden mess was going on. Okay, that's that's fair. And thanks for the call. You know, I I think – A lot of people are going to be asking questions about what went wrong for the Raiders uh, for the Chicago game and the Chargers game, right? Like, because it definitely did not look like the same version of the Raiders that we see right now. One thing that I do think is interesting, and this is, I've talked to the college football playoff committee head a bunch of times about this. And one thing that they are charged to do every single week is not to stack on to last week's uh, rankings. They're charged to open the book like it's a new book every single week. So if we do that fairly, I do think there is a fair conversation to be had about the way the Raiders have looked the last two weeks. And the last image we saw of the Chargers was them getting their butts kicked by the Ravens. So, uh, but and again, like as, as a guy wearing a Las Vegas Raiders hoodie shirt, uh, hoodie as I do this show, I'm willing, Eddie, to admit my own bias. No, 100%. I think that's the fun of this because when you and your buddies sit around and you have this debate, everyone goes into that conversation with their inherent biases. That's part of the fun of it, right? Because, like, all right, I have a buddy that is a diehard Ohio State guy, right? And it doesn't matter if Ohio State is going to have three losses, two losses, whatever. They are going to believe in their heart of hearts that Ohio State should be in the college football playoff, regardless of whether they're deserving or not. So that really is part of the fun of this. And look, you got the Las Vegas uh, Raiders hoodie on. I also have a Las Vegas Raiders hoodie on. Mine's slightly different than yours, but my goodness, that's a we're we're fitted out today, man. We look good. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. And Eddie's is is more classic. Says Raiders on it. I went nuts when they moved to the city that I was born in. I'm going to be the first to admit it. I bought everything that said Las Vegas in the largest letters possible because, like, <laughs> I mean, you're talking to somebody. To, for full transparency, y'all, like, I was the one that would buy Madden, and then when they had the opportunity to move teams years ago in franchise mode, first thing I was doing was trying to move the Raiders to, to Vegas. The problem is, back then, you couldn't keep the team name. So I had to make that, like, conscious decision of moving a team to, to Vegas but not keeping the Raiders' name because the game wouldn't allow it. So, you know, look, I was ready for this thing. All of my gear is, is loud and proud. I – I don't know. It's always a difficult part for me because th- there's this element of 
today on a neutral field who you got. I, I think the Chargers are a really stinking good football team. And the problem for the Chargers the last two years, three years, has been very simple. Uh, the, the injuries have absolutely decimated them, and they've been poorly coached. It does not feel like this year they are poorly coached, and it feels like the injuries are not an issue for them. Now, do I think we've all gone a little bit nuts on the whole Herbert thing? Yeah, I do. I think that's fair to say everybody sort of jumped on a bandwagon. That happens sometimes when you see somebody play as well as he has the first year and a half of his career. That being said, I think the Chargers, right? if we're just looking today, and, and if we were just looking on the games we've seen, I think the Chargers are a for, more formidable opponent for the last half of the season than, than the Chiefs right now because the Chiefs can't seem to get out of their own way. And look, I agree with you there. And listen, Fitz, let's just talk about this for a second. I am very – we were talking about it at the top of the show. My allegiances to the Conference of Champions run very deep, and my allegiances to the University of Oregon run even deeper than that. So I was so torn, Fitz. My heart was torn into a thousand pieces when Justin, Justin Herbert got drafted by the Chargers. So – but – even with that said, with my open respect and admiration for what the man did in Eugene, with that out of the way, if we go back to a few weeks ago for that Monday night game, that funky Monday night with the storm delay and all that kind of stuff, if you remember, during the storm delay, they, did, they threw up a graphic uh, on, the, on the broadcast, and they were talking about Justin Herbert's Hall of Fame credentials. Mr. Herbert at the time had, I believe, I, I think he played 10 games, 10 or 11 are we, are we kidding here, guys? Like, 11 games we're talking about this dude going to the Hall of Fame? Like, look, they're a good football team, Fitz. I agree with you there. They were a really good football team. I think they're incredibly coached. I mean, you look at them from a year ago. They have to be the only team in NFL history. Well, maybe there's another one. This is actually a good, a good stat for someone to go look up. They have to be the only team in NFL history to have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense and still somehow manage not to make the playoffs and end up firing their coach. So you take that, you take the, that one variable out of it. You get them a new coach, a guy who I think has a really good sense of his team, a sense of what he wants his team to be. He's got a stud young quarterback, and they are objectively a good football team now Will we have to see that? They're kind of like the Bengals a little bit for me, Fitz, where we've seen it for seven games. Let's see it for a little bit longer throughout into December, January, and into the playoffs. I think top to bottom, they're maybe more talented than the Bengals, but I will say this. This is the one take that gets me in trouble at ESPN because ESPN loves, loves, we love our hot takes. First to admit it, my peers do really well with their hot takes. I've said it for a long time. You need three years to get a body of work on a quarterback. And until we're into year three, I don't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it with Baker when all of a sudden he was supposed to be better than Peyton Manning year one, and then he was supposed to be hot garbage year two, and then what do you know, it normalizes year three. Like, it takes three years to know what you have at the quarterback position. And as good as Justin Herbert has looked, I got to see three years before I'm going to flip out about anybody. And really, frankly, I like to apply that logic to as many positions as possible. Look at Max. I mean, look at how different Max looks in year three. Look at how different Ruggs looks in year two. We talked about that yesterday. Like, as much as we love to be an immediate reaction society, three years to decide if a guy can actually play or not. Eddie in L.A. Uh, calling in on the show. Eddie, uh, what's your take? Thanks for calling Raider Nation Radio. So, uh, I would say Titans first, Bills. Um, then after that, I would venture to say the Ravens. And the only reason I would put the Chargers on top is because they did beat us. They didn't beat us because of all the John Gruden email dramas. They, they, they beat us because of the front four just attacked our offensive line. I think it'll be a much different story later on in the season when we play them. But until they have a less record than we are, I think you have to include them over us. That, if uh, I'm being honest. 
Obviously, my bias. I love the say, take. I, I mean, I love the take, and and I don't think you're wrong about the Chargers. By the way, they they beat the Raiders because the offensive line had a day, right? And that was the first day where Leatherwood was moved inside, and uh, you know, obviously, things like that aren't easy. Or is that the second game where they moved him inside? Uh, the, I believe that was the but first. Either but either way, yeah. But to your adjustments. Point, go oh, sorry, ahead. go ahead. Are we dancing? Are we dancing? We're I'll dancing. go. Uh, to, my, to, my, to your point, though, that the reason the Raiders lost that game is because the Chargers were the better football team on Monday night. They just were. Uh, I mean, the, the Raiders could not find a way to stop Jared Cook on those third and fourth downs. Uh, the offensive line had a pretty rough day at the office, and, and that is, that's why they lost. Uh, now, that said, do I, I, like I said, I need to see more from the Chargers, and I think the next time we see them, I believe it's Week 17, right? Isn't that the next time they're coming to Allegiant? Or Week 18, whatever it is now? But that is going to be a very, very different ballgame. A very different ballgame. But make no mistake about it, they are a good football team. They are a football team that needs to be treated with respect, and it is going to be very interesting to me to see what they do, very much like the Raiders, what they do over this next month. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's reasonable to look at it and say, okay, how are we, how do we match up today? But you're right. I, I don't want to take anything away. And this is why, by the way, this exercise, which I think is always fun to me, this is why uh, so many people have to recuse themselves for anybody that doesn't know. Uh, when you're in the committee and you're voting, if you have any vested interest, if you have a past with the team, if you sit on the conference, like you have to actually excuse yourself from the room. You don't even get to sit in there. And, and right now, I think they would be making a lot of Raiders people sit uh, outside the room because it's hard for any of us to look at the Chargers uh, and, and the Raiders fairly in this process. I do think, for my personal taste, I keep looking at, I look at a few things when I evaluate a team this, at this point in the season. Overall, how is the quarterback play? Because that matters. Overall, how's the coaching? Because that matters. Overall, does the team feel like they're galvanized together? Is there is there something when you're watching it, do they have it factor? Like you look at that, and then who have they played? Like who you've played is significant. I think at the end of the day, the Ravens are a good example of a team that has played a lot of teams, and I believe in the Ravens, but they have a ton of injuries. So I, I have no problem moving the, Ra the Ravens down below the Raiders on this list, especially because – the Raiders beat them, right? But for the Chargers, it's tougher. They got a good quarterback, they have good coaching, and they're a team that's playing really well together. If I was making my power rankings, I think I would actually put the Chargers right now at three. And frankly, mm. as much as we have the Raiders at five and two and the Chargers at four and two, I think a lot of us have used that as the Raiders are in first place. We're above everybody. It's percentage points. Right now, if the Chargers had played the same number of games because of the tiebreaker, they'd be listed ahead. I think the fact that they beat the Raiders so soundly puts them ahead of the Raiders on this list. I believe if I had to bet Eddie's empire, that's what we're going to call it now, uh, on a neutral field game between the Bengals and the Chargers, I believe the Chargers would win. I, I'm with you, too. And I, I take them for a handful of reasons. Most, you know, number one of that list is I just believe right now in Justin Herbert a little bit more than I believe in Joe Burrow. And that's not a shot at Joe Burrow. I mean, look, I, I just... I think that what Justin Herbert has done, what he can do, we've seen it you know, through his 21 games. I looked it up. 21 games as a starter. He can be a different kind of dude. Do I think Joe Burrow is very capable of being that kind of guy somewhere down the road? Yeah, certainly I do. But right now, if you said you get one quarterback for one game, one drive to go win that, I'm getting I'm giving with Herbert every time and not just because he went to Oregon. But Fitz, I'm curious about this because we've been hearing from people and you and I have been putting together our top four. And so far, it seems like the consensus, you know, quote-unquote consensus, of the best team in the conference is the, the Tennessee Titans. And the Titans play a different brand of football than everyone else on this list. So is it, do we look at them more as an outlier in the way that they play, or do you think that, you know, five, ten years down the road, that teams are going to return to this old-school smash-mouth, hey, we want to run the ball, we want to control the line of scrimmage type of football? 
No, I, I think this is an outlier. And this is an outlier because Derrick Henry is a Hall of Famer. And, like, I don't, I don't often say that. Like, I don't say that lightly. Uh, and, and I think, you know, a lot of times it's super disrespectful to the people that have a Hall of Fame vote to come in and say, first ballot Hall of Famer, because uh, there's a lot that goes into that decision. When you look at the number of carries that Derrick Henry's had, but then the production, and it continues to go up. In fact, if anyone's never looked at it, look at the number of carries Derrick Henry had in high school. In high school alone, he had more carries than most running backs have in their college and pro careers combined. Think about that. Like, he actually put up more carries in high school. It should have hurt his value when he got to college. And instead, in college, he was worn out. And it should have hurt his value when he got to the pros. And now every year they say, oh, this is the year the Titans are going to have to find a different way. No, Derrick Henry's built different. And, you know, just like I always use this music analogy, but you've got the Barber Streisands of the world that are out there, like, wearing their little scarves and making sure that they don't whisper because they have to take care of their voice. And then you have Axl Rose putting everything in his body humanly possible but still coming out and singing a show. Like, some people are just built to singing air quotes but some people are just built differently in what their body is capable of taking and no matter what you do derrick henry's built different i i, I believe that derrick henry is a reason if that was any other running back not named derrick henry the titans are a eight and eight caliber football team they're not a great football team so you know that that to me is the big difference on it that being said we still haven't told you where we have the raiders or what the raiders could do to rise up the list plus we want more of your top four 702-365-9200 more of your top fours in the afc plus you can text us rnr69187 get in on the conversation we'll tell you how the raiders can rise up the list we'll do it next he's eddie pascal i'm jason fitz we're in for jt the brick and we're back on the jt the brick show filling in for jt this week is ESPN's Jason Fitz and Raiders.com, Eddie Pascal. Feels good. I mean, it is does. it Raiders.com's Eddie Pascal? I, I don't know. Eddie Pascal, Jason Fitz, we're in for JT the Brick, and we're giving Eddie grief every single time we come back. Beggars can't be choosers, yesterday's show, yesterday there was this really cool voice of God that was like, ESPN's Jason Fitz, and then no mention of Eddie. And so, you know, we, we redid things today, and... Uh, it feels like a compromise, Eddie. I don't know. I feel like I feel like maybe maybe you got a little lift, but maybe uh, maybe it's not as dramatic for me. And I, yeah. I kind of like the drama. You know what, man? Life is all about compromise, right? Life is all about being right there in the middle. That's all you got to be. Never get too high. Never get too low. Just kind of you, exist. You know, stay You've been spending right there. too much time around Mariota. Like this quarterback no. speak out of you is just. <laughs> I mean, this Oregon kid is just going crazy. All right, 702-365-9200. Give us your top four in the AFC. I'm going to take us off the rails for a second. Oh, by the way, Damon, do we, uh, there are two types of texts that we'll get you through on the text line, RNR 69187. Top four or just super complimentary texts. Do we have anything you want to read, Damon? Anything, anybody out there liking me and Eddie? Yeah, this person also did not leave their name. I love this pair. And Look at that. I love this pair, too. Oh, he's responding to the last text. I love this pair, too. And there is a glaring hole in my Raiders day after Clay and before JT. Just saying. Ty in Missouri. Ooh. Oh, deal with his name. Ooh. So Ty in Missouri, Ooh. after Clay, before JT, he needs something to fill it. He doesn't like Rich Eisen, I guess. Well, oh. Rich is a good guy. I mean, friend Rich, of the Rich, program, Rich Eisen. Yeah, Rich Eisen. Great program. guy. Friend of the program, uh, certainly. I mean, I, I wouldn't call him a friend of any of my programs, but he's a friend of your program, so you want to, like, introduce us, like, on text? Maybe we become that level. Can we, speaking of friendship, I know we got to get to a top four, and we're going to do that. Yeah, just relax, all right? But in the meantime, Eddie and I had, like, one of our first couple's uh, arguments today before the show because I am of the opinion that uh, anybody that has a completely clean inbox, I've got a friend 
who has informed me that every time they get an email, they either delete it or put it in a subfolder where it's read and it's compartmentalized. And the logic is if it doesn't belong in a folder, it doesn't need to be kept. So you just uh, you just delete it. That to me is straight, especially on Halloween weekend, like that straight serial killer. Silence of the lambs, put the lotion in the basket. Like that's where we are in that. And in that process, I revealed to Eddie that currently I have 124,000 emails. Oh, God. I don't, I don't think this makes me, like, I, look, if it's not important, I don't want to take the time to read it. You just glance through it and like, nope, 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 yep, nope, 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 yep, right? How, let me ask you this. First off, just hearing that number just makes me have a physical reaction of, of stress, pain, if I'm being honest, Fitz, disgust, okay. anger. Okay. It's, okay. I'm, I'm going through the whole gamut of emotions. But you go through this system, right, where you're like, oh, do I, do I click it, do I not? How much harder is it to just hit delete it's the same I mean, amount of clicks it's the same amount of clicks brother on your phone is it like in the in the in the little app it's, i mean i gotta it's, scroll it's to the right swipe. i gotta do it's just I, a little I, swipe I yeah that's okay. it okay you you youngins are used to the whole swiping thing like at my age no like it, it like you just are you, are you, you, pull, are you pulling it? up your email on a floppy disk what are you doing I mean, <laughs> you got you got a you got a smartphone don't you Yes, yes, I do. But I'm just saying, you know, it's in your nature to learn to swipe left and right. It's not in my people's nature. Like, I'm, I'm let, too old hey, for that. Let, let me be clear. I was actually, I, I've been out of the game so long that when, when the boss and I, when my wife got together, that wasn't even a thing. I couldn't swipe. Wow. There, were no, there were no options to swipe. And now everyone, everyone's swiping left. They're swiping right. Swipe, 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 swipe. See, me, I didn't get to do that. And I, not Demon that I want is... to. Very happily married. But all the same, you know, I never lived that life. Damon is so uncomfortable with us talking about swiping left and right. I mean, uh, it, it, this, is, this is epic. Damon, how many unread emails do you have? And more importantly, uh, swipe up, swipe left, swipe right. What are we swiping? Uh, yeah, I've got like 11,000 in my personal. Oh, bad, okay. bad. And also my swiping days, you know, it's, it's, you know it's, it's too much of a hassle. Oh, oh, <laughs> that was a very noncommittal answer one way or the other to the swiping. Like, it's, it's just... Too much of a hassle. Like, uh, you know, I remember when you had to go to a bar to meet people. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I feel like Oh, man, I feel like man. an old guy, too, because I tell people all the time where my wife and I, we met the old school way. We met at a house party in college. We oh, met the old-fashioned way. Yeah. That is, look at that. That's, mm-hmm. that is amazing. That's, it still exists. Uh, I, and, and you're right. Uh, 124,000 is a little extreme. I'll admit that. But as you know, and, you know, everybody works hard. There's a lot of people that work hard in the world. I work a lot of hours, and uh, I never complain about that work. But I am so often going from show to show to show to show that I work on that I don't really think about, like, anything in my personal life. So it's amazing that I am so incredibly organized when it comes to the work that I have to do, what needs to be done, what I need to watch, what I need to study, what I need to take notes on. But I can't remember what day of the week the trash came. Like, I am three straight weeks into forgetting to take the trash to the curb. And I know that the trash comes Monday really early. And then the number of times that I forget that on Sunday all day. Like, I put sticky notes all over the house that said take the trash out still forgot to take the trash out so like asking me to, to remember to delete an email not a chance oh you're a madman fit see this is what's got to happen i'm going to come over to your, your neck of the woods i'm going to fly to connecticut and you and i are going to sit down we're going to sit down for 90 minutes and we're going to build you a nice little spreadsheet we're going to get you a whiteboard i'm going to draw it out be like here's what we're going to do on monday fizz we're going to take the trash out on tuesday we're going to spend 20 minutes a dedicated 20 to clean up the email inbox on wednesday we're going to spend 45 we're going to take the dog front we're going to do all this stuff and you're going to wake up when I leave and you're like, this is fantastic. My life is so much more organized. There's so much more order. And I'm just built to dominate, baby. Can I tell you one weird personality uh, thing for me, though? Uh, Of course. I am so, like, when I say, like, I keep a clean house, 
Like, legitimately, I think the measure of, of especially a, an adult male, the measure of an adult male's cleanliness, go just go check out their toilets. And I'm telling you, you could eat a whole meal off my, like, scrub those things. So, like, even though I have total chaos in my life, the number of times, like, I'll be talking to a radio station, walking around my house with, like, my phone in my pocket and the earbuds in because I'm cleaning the toilet is really uncomfortable. Like, you could eat off my floors at any given time. So that portion of life... I've got organized. So this is what I don't understand then, Fitz, as we stay off the rails. So you have all this time for cleanliness. You have all this time, and I, I can, we can see the background. We talked about we're on a FaceTime, the three of us. And very clean, very organized. You have all these records, uh, very you know, straight, orderly. I, I assume hung with purpose and hung for a reason. Mm -hmm. So you yes, do all these very, things, very but you don't have the time to take a literal two seconds out of your day to clean up your email inbox. That, to me, it just doesn't register, brother. It just does not. Now, if I've got, I'm, I'm bad at math, but let's say it takes two seconds. I got 124,000 of them. That seems like a lot of minutes. Like now I'm too far down the rabbit hole. Now I'm like that. I'm that person that woke up and suddenly realized I'm on my 600 pound life. And the only way you're getting me off the bed is to crane me. All right. Like that's where I am. I, I, I'm too far gone. Eddie, you can't save me. You can only, you can only hope. And, hey, and you are very I'll never right. give up on you, Fitz. <laughs> Everything is hung with a purpose. Like the first time Mike Golick Jr. came over uh, to my place, he's like, you've lived in your house for like a week and you've got everything set up perfectly. I've lived in my house for like five years and I don't even have furniture. That's just, that's the way I work, dude. Like when I move, I stay up all night. I'll do like two, three straight days where it's like 20 hour days, but this house is going to be meticulous quickly. That's it's, it's a series of, I live in chaos. I think I lost you. I don't know what's happening. He's back. He's back. He's back. Damon is He's looking back. at me. I hear you, Vitz. You sound great. You sound great. And here's the thing. Do I sound great? Yeah, you sound okay. We're working through it right now. Hey, Damon, should I just should I just wrap for a little bit? Yeah, we're taking a break in a minute. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah we're all right. Here we go. So here we go. I got a minute to to kind of just spitball. So Fitz, this is what I'm going to tell you. Next time we get you, next time we get you to Vegas, I'm going to take you out. We're going to have a nice, beautiful dinner. We're going to sit down. I'm going to bring my planner. And we're just going to get through it all, brother. And it is going to be so much fun. You're going to leave refreshed, re-energized, all that good stuff. Uh, but when we come back from the break, Damon, if I understand this correctly, if this is how we're doing it, when I come back from the break, Fitz and I will unveil where the Raiders need to be on our respective top fours. Spoiler alert, I think we're both going to have them in the, in the top four, but you're going to have to stick around and find out. This is the fifth quarter takeover on JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM.